Hello, welcome to the latest Grazia Life Advice. I'm Rhiannon Evans and as always, we are about to hear six life tips from another brilliant woman. Right at the end, as ever, we'll also get the worst tip they've ever been given and this week's is a good one. This time, a presenter, DJ and podcaster who's been part of our lives since she became a newsreader on MTV back in the day. Hello, I'm Edith Bowman and I am... Oh... Well, my seven-year-old son says um, I talk for a living. So I like to think of myself as a broadcaster, but I like to talk and I like, I think it's just because I'm nosy. So my name's Edith Bowman and I'm nosy. (laughs) I love that. Edith is basically radio royalty and on her long-running series Soundtracking, she interviews filmmakers about their choice of music in movies. I grew up watching so many amazing films and music is such a big part of the world of film both in terms of when they play a track that you recognize or a beautiful piece of score that can make you feel in a way that you never expected to feel Mm. so I didn't think there was a conversation being had about that so I wanted to start one. Coming up confusion from Edith's kids over who exactly is her former partner in DJing Colin Murray. The other day Spike who I don't actually think's met Colin he must have when he was really little, but he won't remember. And he's like, Mum, who's... Why are there so many pictures of this man in the house? <laughs> and a piece of life advice that was hard won over a decade of hard living. After partying and burning candles at both ends enough times, Edith's here to tell you to pace yourself. I can't remember the year, but it was a V festival. Yeah. I went down on the Friday, loads of mates there. I think we were staying in a caravan. You know, you, you're finishing off the rider and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, I didn't see Saturday and then sort of sheepishly got back on site on the Sunday with very large dark glasses and a bottle of water constantly at my side. It's a delight to welcome Edith to the podcast. Hi, Edith. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Rhiannon. It's so nice to see you. I can see you. People can just hear us, but I can see you. Um, I'm good. You know, the sun's out today, which always puts a spring in my step and a smile on my face. Yeah, I'm all good. Thanks. What about you? Yeah, no, I'm fine. Sat here in my bedroom. And we were just talking about the fact that we're still in, well, lockdown tier three, whatever we're in at the moment. But you, your project soundtracking, your podcast has been able to keep going throughout all of lockdown. And so can you tell people first what soundtracking is and if they've not heard it before? Of course. So I've been very lucky that, you know, I've been been a broadcaster for so many years and so much of that has encompassed a lot of music a lot of film so I I wanted to enthuse about film and music because you know I grew up watching so many amazing films and music is such a big part of the world of film both in terms of when they play a track that you recognize you know or a beautiful piece of score that can make you feel in a way that you never expected to feel Mm. so I didn't think there was a conversation being had about that so I wanted to start one and that's why I launched soundtracking so I speak to all different types of people from the world of film and music sometimes about their relationship with music both in terms of the films they make but also the films and the music that they love so we are entering our fifth year which is bonkers because it's just me and my friend Ben that make it you know it comes it's a proper passion project and we've been so lucky you know we we've spoken to directors and actors and writers producers composers music supervisors so yeah every episode nearly 240 of them 
are unique. Every conversation is different. Every conversation has a different soundtrack to it. Because what we do as well is we create a Spotify playlist for every episode so that you can, once you've listened to it, go and listen to the, the playlist and hear all the music that we've talked about uh, within the episode in its entirety. Yeah. I, I love, love it. it. Can yeah. you tell? <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it too. And it's so popular. Is there anybody who is still on your wish list who you need to do? Oh, my God. Yeah. Do you know what as well is there's there's still people that are on the wish list that have already been on that I need to have back. Okay. Um, John Williams, obviously, because Star mm. Wars is kind of the reason that I do this podcast, really. Okay. Um, in that when I was a kid and watched Star Wars for the first time, before you see anything, you hear that fanfare, da-da, and then the crawl happens. You know, whether it's Star Wars or E.T. or all those other amazing Indiana Jones, he's so synonymous with me in cinema and growing up watching cinema so he's on the top of my list but I am um, I contact his reps every week going hi me again <laughs> uh, just to see if I can get a little bit of access to him but fingers crossed fingers crossed one day so there's he's definitely up there and Scorsese as well is up there as well I absolutely love it and I love how involved you are because I think now there's a whole raft isn't there of like celeb podcasts that you know they just turn up for 10 minutes everyone's doing them exactly here's what you're going to say or here's a list of things to talk about um yeah I mean I hope to be doing this till I'm John Williams's age so you know there's 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 plenty more hundreds of episodes of soundtracking to come hopefully Fantastic. So you're here today to talk about your best piece of advice. We've got some absolutely great ones I can see here on the list. So let's get started. Could you tell me your first piece of advice? So my first piece of advice came from my friend Natalie and she, I was having a bit of a problem with taking on board and being affected by what people thought of me. Um, And particularly people who don't get me or like me you know and her advice was it's none of your business what other people think of you um and I think that that's a really healthy piece of advice to take on board and I've definitely used that both in terms of the public you know and social media and things like that but also with work you know you kind of miss out on jobs you get fired from jobs or you get moved on from jobs and Sometimes that's down to new people coming in and they just don't get what you do. That's fine. It's got nothing to do with you. You know, it's like I if I if I know that I am doing the best job possible to the, to to and being really truthful about what I do, then that's that's all I should be worried about. Listen, I don't google myself and I don't search myself on social media, but when I've done something and I'm interested to know what the reaction's been, I will occasionally go on to Twitter or whatever and, and search. It can be terrifying and it can be soul-destroying. But what I love doing every now and again is replying to people because yeah. it's like they're not expecting you to reply because they're a faceless kind of, you know, algorithm out there who's throwing you know, abuse or or whatever your way. And they really do not expect you to respond. So every now and again, if I see something, I'll I'll respond. And nine times out of ten, they'll come back and they will go, Oh, I'm really sorry. I was just having a bad day or whatever sort of thing. And it's like, well just think about if I was having a bad day and you've just said that. So just take a moment 
for any trolls out there, just take a moment before <laughs> before you pass judgment or make an opinion and put yourself in that person's shoes. I do live by it, apart from the odd occasion where I, I kind of I'm intrigued about something. And so I'll go and have a look. And yeah, it's funny sometimes, though. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say. It's one of those pieces of advice we all maybe know, but it's so hard sometimes in the moment. We all want affirmation for what we're doing. We want people. I mean, it's really interesting because I really crave um, feedback from work stuff, you know, and you hardly ever get it. People are so driven by telling you what they think you want to hear. And for me, you know, I... I love what I do, but I never, ever imagine or expect to be the best at what I do. I do my best, but I I can always learn. I can always learn about everything. And so the only way I'm going to learn is to get constructive criticism. And so I kind of crave that from work stuff going, you know, in terms of, listen, you maybe need to do that or you maybe need to not do that. That would be so helpful, but it's really hard to get. Um, and I'm not the type of person that can listen and be constructive to myself. We used to have to do these things at um, Radio 1 and pretty much every radio station that I've worked at. They're called snoop sessions. It's such a bad word to use as well because you have to listen back to the show, to oh, a right. show, without the music and pick apart every link. God. And be, Yeah, it's a pain. It's so hard. Oh, my God. It, horrendous. <laughs> horrendous I don't wish it on anybody (laughs) you did just touch then on um, work opportunities and your second piece of advice is that what's meant for you won't pass you by you said your mum told you that and and when did that come about and how how's that affected you Uh, I mean mum tells me that on a weekly basis to be (laughs) honest because I I do find it really hard to to if I don't get jobs to not Mm. take it personally because I'm really hard on myself And so I think she probably used it first with like a breakup. That was probably the time that she used it when I was dumped from a high ground by someone, you know, and that it's another alternative to there's plenty more fish in the sea. It's just less annoying. And and that was one of the things she, I remember her saying to me about through that whole thing was, listen, what's meant for you will not pass you by sort of thing. And it's so true. And I do believe in that kind of, it's really weird. I was talking to my brother about this the other day because um, we lost a really dear member of the family a couple of weeks ago. And he was talking about how he he's like, I don't believe in God. And I was like, well, I don't I don't either. But I believe in something. I believe in there being, you know, and, and I think that, that whole what's meant for you is it's in the stars. It's in the kind of, you know, it's there's a there's a karma in the world, I think, that that kind of unveils things to you and can present things to you or remove things for you as well Mm. um and I kind of believe in that whole sort of thing I guess that's a kind of I guess that's kind of what the good side of religion is is in terms of having a faith in something not necessarily a god it's quite a deep thing to get into but um yeah and is is it your mum is she someone you turn to a lot when you're going through things in life yeah totally and um you know, she had me when she was 19. So we have a really close relationship because she was so young. She was, in fact, because I was, I was up in Scotland last week um, 
and went to say my goodbyes to to Nani and Mum had had loads of old albums and stuff out as she would. There was a she was like, look, there's you singing Happy Birthday to me at my twenty first, and that's like bonkers to think yeah. about. But um, um, just thinking that she, I was a toddler and she was twenty one. It's like oh, you're so young. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a really close relationship, and it's interesting how it's now at that point as well where we need each other as much as the other needs the one, if that makes sense. So whereas like she was, you know, she's always been my mum and I've always gone to her with what I need and, and mum, can you do this? Can you help me with that? It's kind of, it's interesting how that it's a, it's a circle now in terms of she needs me for certain things more, or I'm kind of looking out for her more than I was when I was younger and stuff as well. And she's kind of one of a few people that I know that I can go to about absolutely anything. And that could be about her as well, because we joke about her. Um, we call her Eleanor. I'm fine, Bowman, because it's always you're right. I'm fine, you know. Even though quite clearly she's not, so we joke about that. About she's kind of she she absorbs so much, and she's always that person that everybody goes to. To be honest, so she's always been a fixer for so many people. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the great thing about being mums. And now you're in that position yourself. Do you look forward to doing that? in years to come as well always being at the end of the phone yeah totally I mean it's quite funny that I talk about it was a couple of I had an email from a, a, a an American publicist a couple of weeks ago after an interview that I'd done and she just sort of said god they've never opened up like they've never I've never heard them talk like that on a in an interview before you've got a lovely um way of kind of getting things out of people and um and I was joking about it the other day about someone saying oh you know, even the postman feels like he needs to offload on me when he sort of delivers these posts every day. So I must have this kind of, I don't know, which is lovely to think that people feel comfortable to to share with me in a way. Um, yeah. I love that. That makes me feel really, really kind of privileged in a way, yeah. I think. But yeah, postman's wife, postman's wife was like sent him back to work because she was <laughs> desperate for new wardrobes, you see, so... <laughs> I love that. I mean, perfect perfect skill for a broadcaster to have, have people open up to them. And I yeah. guess does feed into your third piece of advice, which is don't try and be anything but yourself. Yeah. Has that always been easy for you? Or? No. I mean, I when I started in TV, I was like, I had a an idea of what I thought a TV presenter was meant to be, MTV. It was kind of like, this is what I have to be. And I um I can't remember why, but I listen. I watched back like my mum, bless her, had recorded obviously my first ever thing, and it was me doing a news bulletin on on MTV, and I kind of do this kind of turn around in a in a swivel chair, and this weird accent that was like, I don't know why, I, do you know, it, and it definitely goes back to being told, which we'll get to later about my accent and people sort of having a problem with my accent, and it took me a while to feel comfortable in that I shouldn't be changing for anybody. I shouldn't be trying to be something I'm not. And um, and I learned that quite quick, actually, just because it was, it was like, it just didn't feel right. I knew that I could do a better job by just being me and being the same person on screen or on mic that I am off. Mm. Um, and also it's less energy. That's always the advice I always give any, you know, students or or new people coming into the world of broadcasting, what advice would you give? And it's like, 
well, A, find something that you really love and you're passionate about to to be your starting point and it's genuine. And don't try and be um, that person that you think that person wants you to be. Be true to yourself. Because the facade will fall and you'll, you know, you, you can't keep it up all the time. When I watch people that I know they're being something else on screen or on mic than they are in real, I just don't believe them. Mm. I don't connect with them because there's almost there's something between them and me. It's obviously worked for you. I mean, thinking about you back on MTV, I remember watching you. 105 years ago. (laughs) Well, listening to you through Radio (laughs) One Days. I mean, a lot of us have had a lot of your life now. I mean, is it Mm. weird? Do people feel like they know you? You're part of their whole cultural lives, really? Yeah, it's 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 so nice. And um, I've just I've been so lucky with what I've done. But I'm so excited about what I still want to do. Yeah. Colin's been doing this great, um, Colin Murray that used to do Radio 1 has been doing this amazing show on Five Live called The Lock-In. He touches on really big issues in mental health and he's just doing an amazing job. He's in, Colin's one of those really brilliant broadcasters that's just got no fear. And I've been, he asked me to go on the show a couple of times and the response that we get after we've kind of been on the radio again together is just, it's so lovely. And it just makes me kind of really happy. It was so funny. My kids were like, you know, it's ages since my kids have seen him actually, but there's like, they keep, like the other day, Spike, who I don't actually think's met Colin. He must've when he was really little, but he won't remember. And he's like, mum, who's, why are there so many pictures of this (laughs) man in the house because <laughs> I've just got loads of little pictures of us all over kind of you know and some and lovely things that we did together and uh oh, it was so really funny I was like god yeah there are there's probably more than I have of my brother up in the house it's so funny <laughs> I love that we'll be back with more from Edith after this we're here with Edith Bowman and let's go straight into your fourth piece of advice so my next piece of advice is slow and steady. I mean, it's a good piece of advice for life in general, isn't it? And weird, I find that, um, you know, what we've all been through this in 2020 has been, has almost encouraged that in a way. Like I was always, I'm a multitasker. I can't just be doing one thing and I definitely can't be doing nothing. Yeah. Um, so I was always like, running around at 110 miles an hour doing this that making lunch whilst also bulk cooking three other things you know um and lockdowns definitely encouraged me to slow down and I also think as well that slow and steady is such a good thing to relate to so many things I mean I think that my career was definitely has been slow and steady you know I'm not sort of some kind of I'm not a headline grabber. I never wanted to be anyway. But, you know, in terms of I feel like I've got I'm in a really nice place because I'm getting to do the things I want to do. And that's been down to a lot of hard work and a lot of patience as well. And yeah, just slowing down a bit, I think, is a is a really good is a really good thing to do in life, really. Hard, though, especially as, you know, a much overused phrase, a working mother. Totally. I remember um, I had my diary open. I can't remember who it was. And they were like, bloody hell, that looks like some kind of flight path, kind of, you know, air traffic yeah. control thing. I was like, no, that's just my diary, Tom's diary, the kids kind of social diary, all that stuff. Mm. 
And what I've started to do is remove one thing. So I'm always trying to do way too many things. Uh, and so if I remove one thing and just put it onto tomorrow's to-do list, then it just helps a bit. But listen, I couldn't have done and I can't do it without help from people. You know, I get slightly annoyed sometimes when you see like um, working mums kind of it's not showing off on, on social media, but kind of painting a kind of, oh, I'm an, I'm amazing because I'm doing all this. And, and it's like you are, but you're also not telling us what's going on behind the scenes. You know, how many nannies have you got? How, who's because, you know, this is physically not possible. And I'm really lucky that we had great help with the kids um, when they were younger. We're a good team as well. I mean, Tom has been amazing during lockdown because I've been so busy with loads of different things. So I've been going into London to do things. I've been up in Scotland hosting like Scottish BAFTAs and things like that. I've had a constant flow of like press con like I, I hosted the worldwide wonder women press conference last week from my little office it's bonkers like hello gal Godot and patty jenkins and chris pine and Kristen wick and pedro pascal you're all amazing yes this is my weird little cupboard studio yeah tom would have been on tour and it's allowed him um to um, work on those projects, um, you know, writing music that he wouldn't have normally had the time to do. But but he's been able to to juggle that around being our main, you know, the main source of childcare for us. You know, it's about teamwork. Honestly, Edith, I absolutely love you for saying all of that because I just think it's so harmful, isn't it, to mums? I know, like you see people and you think like, how are they doing that? And friends who, my little boy's smaller, but friends who have kids at school, you're like, well, your day's over at three o'clock, like... It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I would not be able to do, I would not have been able to do, I mean, geez, three quarters of the work, most of the work, to be honest, had it not been for, you know, going back to us having great nannies and people helping us. But that was a choice that I made as well, you know, in terms of I knew that I didn't, it wouldn't have been healthy for me to be a stay at home mum. I needed to get the balance. I needed to make sure that I was being, and I hope a been an I'm a good mum but I also needed to do the thing that I love outside of being a mum which is my work because I love it so much I love what I do I know that if I wasn't able to do that I would be a worse mum for it Um, it, it allows me to to release I guess the kind of the part of me that is still me I am dying to get to your fifth piece of advice because I want to know the story okay. behind this <laughs> tell me about learning to pace yourself so um I mean I grew up in a little fishing village in Scotland and there was not very much to do and I also grew up around a hotel my mum and dad uh, my, my granddad started a little hotel in Scotland so I was I was older than my years basically and I probably started drinking earlier than I should have and that went on uh into my 20s for sure. And I can't remember the year, but it was a V festival. Yeah. And it was a year that I wasn't working. I went down on the Friday, loads of mates there. I think we were staying in a caravan. And because I, you know, because I had, you know, it's that weird thing of like, you, you do form great friendships with so many people in that world, musicians and bands and stuff. And we just, you know, loads of them were playing and you just... You know, you, you're finishing off the rider and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, I didn't see Saturday. So I missed an entire day of the festival. 
because I could not move from my porky little bed in the caravan and then sort of sheepishly got back on site on the Sunday with very large dark glasses and a bottle of water constantly at my side and saying that fateful phrase that I've I think is a phrase I've probably used the most in my life I'm never drinking again um <laughs> um but yeah oh my god yeah pace yourself folks that's what anyone says oh what should when they ask me like about Glastonbury and stuff what's your advice thankfully I've never missed a date at Glastonbury in the times I've been but it is like pace yourselves there's too much to enjoy and see and you know it goes back to the slow and steady thing, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's definitely something you can only learn with your own experience. Totally. If someone tells you to pace yourself, nah, not listening. Totally. I don't drink as much as I used to. My kind of mid-20s to mid-30s was like a, it's a bit of a haze, to be honest. Um, there are things that all, it's really weird. Like mom, I was talking about my mom having albums of things and she had like a couple of albums of like clippings of things and pictures that I'd sent her of stuff. And I looked through it and it was like, oh my God, I'd totally forgotten about that. And it was only having a visual <laughs> reference to it that was like almost unlocked a kind of memory file going, yeah, no, no, you did that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Amazing. And your final piece of good advice. I love this. No one has ever said this before. Oh, really? Tell me what it is. Yeah. So um, I very, very lovely got this piece of advice from um, Ludwig Gorenson, who is an amazing composer that we've had on the podcast twice in the past year, actually. And he most recently um, composed the music for The Mandalorian. Uh, he did Tenet. He did Black Panther. He did Creed. Anyway, when I interviewed him last, I was like, listen, do you think you're ever too old to learn a musical instrument? And he says, no, you're never too old to learn to play a musical instrument. So that is my 2021 aim uh, to learn the cello. Why cello? Um, because I love the sound of it. And after speaking to, um, she's got the best name in the world, Hilda Goodnotier, who's the composer of The Joker, uh, won the Oscar. She's amazing. She composed all that on the cello. And when she read the script, she sat with her cello and she could feel the character almost through when she was playing it, you know, in terms of she was trying to create the emotion of the character through playing this cello. And I did a documentary a few years ago and we spoke to this amazing scientist called Zoe Cormier, who wrote a book called Sex, Drugs and Rock and Roll. And one of the things she talks about in her book is that music is the only thing that connects both sides of our brain. And so that's why you can have a physical as well as an emotional reaction to music in the way that you can't with anything else. And I just love the idea of being able to connect that way. So, yeah, that's my come back to me in a year's time and I probably haven't even picked one up. But that's my um, that's my aim. Thanks to the advice from Ludwig Gordson perfect mm. <laughs> so we always like to finish on someone's worst piece of advice they've ever been given so can you tell me this this is crazy well so this it's kind of weird because it's not really a piece of advice that I was given but I I love this in terms of 
almost fighting back on a, something that someone said to you. So when I got my first kind of work experience in radio, I was going to uni in Edinburgh and I managed to get local uh, work experience at my local radio station. And the programme controller of that radio station, he, I went in, I, I mean, I did kind of bombard him with phone calls and letters going, give me work experience. So he did get me in for a chat and he said, and he sat by his desk a bit like Jabba the Hutt and sort of said to me, so what do you want? And I was like, well... I said, I'd love to start off by getting work experience. But, you know, my aim is that at some point to have my own, to have a show, to be on air sort of thing. And he turned around to me and he said, I can't put someone with an accent like yours on the radio. And so, I mean, he gave me work experience and I did end up having two shows a week on the (laughs) station after two years. You know, I think, you know, I don't know if he said it as a way to kind of like make me kind of prove it in a way. Right. But I kind of like when people say no to you in in the right situation, it kind of spurs you on to kind of prove them wrong and to go, no, I know I can do this and I'm going to prove you wrong sort of thing. I like the challenge of that. So, yeah, that was his worst, you know, his worst piece of advice, really, <laughs> aimed at me. Yeah. Yeah. And you proved him wrong big time. Thank you, Edith. I've absolutely loved having you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Edith Bowman, how great to spend time listening to her chat. I know we say this a lot, but if you have enjoyed the show, please do share a link on social media. Tell someone who you think would also like it and maybe leave us a review on your podcast player. We really, really appreciate all that support. Next time on Life Advice, we've got another superstar DJ and now novelist Radio 1's Annie Mack will be joining us. There's not that many women doing what I'm doing at this level. None, in fact, in terms of what I do. There wasn't back then anyway. So I'm the only one. And I feel like I need to be there so that people can see that someone is there doing that who is a woman. See you then.